You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Mitski's streaming rise. YouTube ad revenue surpasses recorded music. And music audio ads in game. You're listening to The Biz Tape. Welcome to The Biz Tape, your all things music business and media podcast. I'm your host, Colin McKay, with my lovely. I don't know. I'm trying to make up words. Philanderous. That's not a good word. Joey was <laughs> Makes you sound like a, a fish. I think philanderous is a bad word. So I'm going to look that up. Philanderous? I know what just a flander be, is. Is that what that is? I think this is a made-up word. Oh. No, philanderous. All right. Oh, with oh, a PH. No, it's not good. All right. Uh, what is it? Uh, to, to have <laughs> casual or illicit sex with a person. <laughs> with many people expressly <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> the biz tape after dark <laughs> ladies and gents philanderer anyway uh yeah i don't know why that was the word that came to my mind joe is not a philanderer mm, well to your knowledge i you know you can throw <laughs> that out there all you want i was giving you the out of that completely but no but i'm telling you i want in <laughs> oh god i don't want <laughs> okay. in well, if you want in on what we're doing, you can follow us at The Biz Tape everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, or email us, thebiztapepodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you want to help out the podcast, be sure to hit that download button. Always Because, does. Uh, you know, the music industry and the podcast industry is obsessed with, what, Colin, numbers? 
Yeah. So and specifically uh, downloads. Specifically downloads. In the which music, is something that we've learned. We share something very close to 2004 music. We are looking for those downloads, yeah, baby. Get all them downloads, baby. So, yeah, I, we appreciate it if you do. It does really help us out a lot. So, Joe, I thought, well, speaking of, uh, uh, well, I guess this would be 2006. Let's talk about YouTube. Oh, wow. Yeah, YouTube. Throwback YouTube, huh? No, it, that would be funny. Like, we're just like. <laughs> the way back machine. Remember YouTube back in the day where people never got paid for anything. And you remember just, Fred? Do That's I? what I remember. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and then they gave him, I think, multiple movies. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a sequel. There's a whole arc to Fred. We might have just alienated ourselves from part of our audience <laughs> who doesn't know that is. Uh, I don't know. He's not that old. But Do like, some research. Look up Fred. Very important for the, yeah. for the entertainment industry. So here's the thing. Since 2006, YouTube has gotten so, 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 so big, especially after they were acquired with Google. And now YouTube's ad business is now bigger than the entire global record business. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, it gets where it's going to get crazy. Let me tell you. So YouTube generated 7.205 billion in revenues from advertising in Q3 of this year. Quarter three. Yeah. Quarter three. So which is a 43% increase from their quarter three of last year. Damn. Yeah. And this number again, doesn't, it's just advertising. It doesn't include subscription revenue which was announced that YouTube premium slash music gang gang has over 50 million (laughs) subscribers. It's really just me and my 50 accounts. Anyway, uh, 50 50 million million accounts. accounts. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, there's somebody else there out there with me. That's why I put it as YouTube premium slash me. One other person. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's just Colin. And then one dude in the basement. Exactly. So, uh, it's insane numbers. And then the first nine months of this year, YouTube has generated 20.21 billion from advertising. Wow. In total so far. While in 2020, the global record industry generated 21.6 billion. Jesus. (laughs) And is projected to make at the end of this year, about 23 to 25 billion dollars. That's crazy. While YouTube with one more quarter to go, is projected in ads to make 29 to 32 million or billion dollars in ads. Damn. So you may be like, why is that a giant number drop? Because if they went from 20 billion for three quarters and then they gained this mysterious around $10 billion of revenue, why is that? The holidays. Mm. That's where they really get a lot of their money from is that Q4, it overwhelmingly makes a lot of the money that YouTube makes from advertisements because people are home at holidays, and then we obviously have the Black Fridays, the Christmases, all that kind of stuff that you are going to be bombarded with. Which, by the way, it's, uh, well, when this comes out, November 3rd, which means Mariah Carey owns this planet for the next three months. No, don't say that. (laughs) So... Get, it's kind of it's it's scary when you read that at first like you're just like this machine that you know obviously the record industry like we've talked about a lot is its own machine that we feel like you you know we try to help people navigate and we try to navigate ourselves mm-hmm. especially the recording side there's a lot of like weird red tape and understanding how things work well then now it seems like there's an even bigger giant that like once you conquer the record industry, I guess, which is not an easy task. Yeah. The entire freaking tech industry is making you seem like a little dwarf in there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like that's why it's crazy, but thankfully it's 
you know, mutually beneficial because 25% of all watch time on YouTube globally is of music content. Oh, wow, really? Yes, 25% of it. That's a huge chunk. It's a huge chunk. More than I thought. Yeah, it's a lot of money, and this is where you get into... We've talked about the devaluation of music on this podcast a lot, um, and I've read a couple... I've read a book. I've read a couple. Of th- yeah, I've read a book. Anyway, a one single one book. book. <laughs> anyway, no, I've read a couple books and articles that were talking about this freemium kind of content, and YouTube is the king of that mm-hmm. in terms of getting free music content. That's not. That's that's probably honestly some of the most straightforward stuff to get high quality music straight up. I mean, if you go on Spotify, it's a little bit more difficult because they're like not let you choose songs a lot of the time and do st- weird stuff there. And yeah. then you go to other streaming services and it's just like a trial and then it's over, but YouTube is just there. Mm-hmm. So this is a huge part of it and it's got a huge global pre- presence as well, which um, YouTube apparently, according to a lot of industry people that I've talked to, but also in this article has actually had high praise for paying the music industry a pretty good amount compared to now compared like, to other streaming. Right. Services. But I, I think that's more of, it is extremely low yeah. from, uh, you know, we were talking about two weeks ago, they wanted to lower the publishing rate, all these tech giants of all these companies, like, and not have to pay them anything. So Spotify and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But YouTube apparently is pretty good at it. They paid somewhere over $4 billion last year to industry right holders and songwriters and publishers, which I mean, look at that again, is that I talked about that the market share in terms of total revenue for the global recorded industry is $21.6 billion, and YouTube paid $4 billion of that. Whoa. Yeah. It's, a, it's close to, it's a little less than a fifth, which is like shows that they're really paying out, which according to the global head of music, uh, Liar Cohen, he said in an interview, quote, we will provide more revenue to the music industry by 2025 than anyone else. Mm. And I haven't been able to really validate that statement, but it's still an impressive amount of money yeah. that's paid out by essentially a giant company, but it's still like one company. <laughs> you well, know what I mean? I mean, also too, I mean, with this ad revenue comes bigger payouts, right? At least supposedly. That's right. the, so that's like the, the idea supposed of, business model. Yeah, you scratch my back, I scratch your back kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so $4 billion is a huge amount of money. Again, they're, but they want to keep these people happy, all the vivos of the world. You know, 25% of their entire things to advertise are on music. Yeah. Which music, most of the time, you have to think like, is designed to be commercially friendly. So that's key advertising. I mean, obviously there's explicit music, there's all that kind of stuff, but it most of the time people don't design their songs just to be enjoyed by like a couple people who have a radical view. They want as much exposure as possible, so they're making very ad-friendly content, which is why YouTube really wants to not have any terrible relationship with the record industry. Yeah. Especially with like the likes of Vivo. I think is- too with having Google backing you and the infrastructure to have it i think they they have had an easier time well maybe not easier just different to right. switching over to something like a paid methodology yeah to their there was a service. lot of up in the air when before youtube was acquired 
um, by Google, which is now Alphabet, which is the parent company. If you don't I remember, know. I remember when it was acquired, people were wondering how long it was going to last. People thought YouTube was over. Yeah. They thought Google was going to cut it dry. They, because this is older internet. I mean, they thought it was going to be, YouTube's going to have a paywall mm-hmm. and that they really were, people were considering it. It sounds ridiculous today, but that's kind of what they thought because it was. really Google YouTube has existed longer than YouTube, non-Google YouTube. Yeah. YouTube. So yeah. like that's, that's the thing with it is that people were just really scared of it. And it was also during the time that, you know, Netflix had started actually being a huge deal and Hulu was rising up. So everyone thought, Oh, just take this model and copy these other successful companies too and have this stuff, which they have, which is, you know, the yeah. side of it, but it's definitely not a majority of it. Which I actually am very impressed with like, you know, like the rental space and like the, you know, the higher quality video stuff yeah. on there of like, agreed. And like the separation it has. Like YouTube TV fascinates me a little bit because it's like its own website, yet it is still portaled in to, to YouTube. regular YouTube. Yeah, it's and, but it's not like in your face. It's not like on your page, right? Every it's, day. Well, and like the thing is, is maybe somebody would argue against it, but also like think about if you were, you know, Netflix and well, Hulu is a good example. It's like think if you were doing Hulu with ads. Hulu with ads is going to bar bo- bother you every three seconds to get a Hulu Premium. Yeah. But like YouTube, so, I mean, like, say for YouTube TV. Yeah, but, but it's like less intrusive. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like YouTube TV is like on the side banner or just like it'll come up every once in a while. They seem to have a more laissez faire attitude to it where it's like, you like it? You want to try something else out? It's not like, <laughs> come here, kid. You want right. to try out YouTube yeah, TV? They like open their giant coat. Yeah. <laughs> which you like, uh, you know. Yeah. You see that? 4k streaming just for you kid get get yourself the uh, get yourself the big game mets baby all the mets (laughs) all the mets right but uh yeah i i think that youtube sometimes we take for granted how big of a market it really is because it just has such a big global presence and it's definitely seems to be one of the things that seems to have a more positive relationship from like a distributor to a record label to shareholders kind of thing. Yeah. Now people, I have seen arguments about YouTube devaluing, you know, streaming because people don't buy or like, you know, streaming services or physical media sometimes cause they can get it on YouTube for free. But I definitely think that that's kind of, you know, that's, that's just the way, the way it's turned now. Like we're not going back. Yeah. YouTube has opened a door and they're not going to close it because clearly they're doing very well by the billions of dollars they're making. Well, and it's, it's an ideal position to have for a content company, right? Is people just making content for free on your platform. Yeah. And they're trying to facilitate that as best as they can. Um, obviously YouTube has had historically problems with this, especially when it comes to copyright claims Mm -hmm. and the way they've done creator programs in the past and stuff, which has been interesting to watch TikTok kind of go on its own thing with that too. Now, especially with like the ability to gift people on TikTok and all that kind of stuff. Well, I think too, the music industry has kind of latched on to TikTok better because a it's short shorter right you're not playing the full song or whatever Mm -hmm. but b also integrated into just the culture a bit more and that's why like before when we were talking about you know tiktok paying out artists and Mm -hmm. how that situation was different to youtube but somewhat similar um 
because they're kind of in a, its infancy as a company and right. stuff like that. They're finding their own way. I yeah. Mean, they want to learn from the past, you know, but also they want to make their own way and be like, we're successful for a reason. We're mm-hmm. different for a reason. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, to be honest, don't remember where I was taking this conversation. <laughs> no, but, it's fine. I, de- I definitely think it's a good point to bring up is that like the difference in that is, is very different. Like YouTube definitely does have seem to have more of it is so big now Mm -hmm. that i mean people have talked about like what small youtube used to be i mean like a lot of creators and musicians used to be like oh i could just reach out to this person i know at youtube yeah and like they could just fix it for me but like now it's it's a now it's your billion dollar company so now you're competing with eight like i think it's something crazy right like five isn't it like five million gigabytes of like data is uploaded to YouTube every like 10 minutes or something crazy. Right. Like it's insane. It's like an insane amount of data. Yeah. And I, I think that especially and with creators. Me, yeah. And especially with music, it's obviously a lot more difficult in some facets because you're not just on a streaming platform and competing against music in general you're competing against everything that's interesting whatsoever on youtube yeah it's like you have to go and there's a lot of rabbit holes you can go down right exactly so i i think that it definitely i mean it's the premiere here's the thing that's like crazy to think about like we don't think about it as second nature but youtube is the premier place to put music videos yeah. And like we've Well, it used to be MTV. Right. Well, because it used to be on primetime. Mm-hmm. And so and especially when, you know, we had more gatekeeping when it comes to But then like, Vivo working. came. Yes. And I'm so, still I I so after working in the industry, I kind of get Vivo now. Like why it's, it's a, a collective. Thing. It's a collective. It also pays out royalties differently. Right. Um and they also uh use different servers. Yeah. A lot of the time because playback on those are much higher quality. Than, than normal YouTube. I mean, it's made up of the big three and other companies, and they all together form Vivo, yeah. which it's like more of a collectivism thing, which we've seen ironically from other YouTube creators who create, you know, oh, we're all part of the same family. You know, it used to, sometimes it's really cringy, and it's like, we all live in the same house, you know, or something. <laughs> in the but, Vivo house. Right, in the Vivo house, me and BTS. <laughs> me, and like, Gus Dapperton yeah, and exactly. BTS. <laughs> right, no, but like, there's the cringy side, but we've also seen creators have the same effect that Vivo's tried to do is have this collectivism bargaining and being like, oh, you're going to be recommended another Vivo thing mm-hmm. because you watched a Vivo thing. And they've done that also with production companies is a great example where people are like, oh, we're making our own production house of YouTubers. Yeah. And so like it's it's clearly a very great strategy on the music wise is to have that collectivism there. I mean, obviously then you have to deal with Vivo in terms of like Vivo's strict standards, you know, getting in there is not just a you know, you don't you just say, Hey, I would like to be on Vivo, please. Here's my music video. Mm-hmm. Like so you have to know someone who knows somebody. Right. And but also Vivo serves as like almost like the blue check mark of YouTube for a lot of musicians. Oh, hundred percent. So I oh, mean is this the real song? Yeah, here it is. It's a Vivo. Version. And a lot of the times, I mean, if you get sixteen thousand views on a Vivo uh like video as opposed to just a normal one, your payout's gonna be ex- extremely better. Oh yeah. They're negotiated, you know, collectively Rates. with the record industry. Yeah. And so like they're you know, YouTube's like Again, we're 25% of our content, so we're going to play ball with you because 
Vivo represents so many different artists when it comes to the visual space that like we're not going to really hurt you as bad as like you know what Joe Schmo puts up on their own YouTube channel. Yeah. Do you did you ever um, in your research did you find uh, like when when kind of the twenty five percent came about? Was it like a gradual growth or was it kind of like a... I did a, not see that in the Metric Business and Music Business Worldwide article. And they I, they actually do a very interesting thing, which I'll shout out Music Business Worldwide, is they like to do a statistic that basically is supposed to... It's called the stat of the week, which I really like and use a lot on this show. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's basically articles that are based on data points that they find like, we should tell everybody about this. Yeah. Because, you know, that's just interesting in itself is that YouTube's ad business is bigger. Like the distributor basically of a lot of music is bigger than the music companies. You know, mm-hmm. let that sink in. It would be like if the record manufacturer, it would be like if uh, third know, man records. Yeah. Or a Walmart was bigger than the <laughs> yeah, entire the same, record industry. The same thing. No, but like what I'm saying is like, you know, well, Walmart's I mean, multi-purpose, kind of like YouTube where it's like there's a lot of different things there. Yeah. I mean, is Walmart bigger than the... The record industry? No, no, it's not. It's not 20. I don't think it's 21 billion, but maybe I'm wrong. Let's see. It might be now, but since physical sales are gone, it's 328 billion. Well, okay, then they're just killing us. <laughs> Never mind. Never yeah, mind. I was, what about I, said. To say, I was like, they Walmart's sell a lot the of biggest things. like retailer, I think. Yeah, ever. They, they sell a lot of things. What am I talking about? Somebody was like screaming at their podcast <laughs> screen while I was doing that. They're like, Colin! This is why. No! I, right, exactly. So, yeah, I the thing is, is that. It, it's interesting because it shows the power that YouTube has, especially in the record space financially and the importance of technology and how, you know, a lot of the times the technology is more valuable than the music. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's been that way for a while. Oh, for so long. I mean, yeah. that's why. I mean, music is, you know, you, you see a lot of stars in music but they're not getting the majority of their money from the music side. Right. right? They're getting it from brand deals. From brand deals from your Jay Z getting sa- sued by a perfume company, you know, all that. Yeah. Kind of did stuff. he get sued by a perfume? He did. Which uh, one? Oh, God. He has a perfume. I was maybe going to cover this, but it was too long. I'm waiting for it to develop. Maybe a later episode. But uh, like, damn. Uh, sneak peek they, right yes, here. Now, now you're holding me to it. Anyway, <laughs> and, and he was getting sued by a. Uh, company that basically is making this perfume that has his name on it yeah and they were suing him for like contract infringement because they accused him of basically trying to down the entire perfume on purpose and not do appearances on purpose oh, and all that he hated stuff. it or something yeah but like that's the kind of you know like, like you're saying they make their money off of off of him well i mean his, they make their money look. off of them but also jay-z makes the money because He's famous, not because his music is famous in a way. Yeah. So that's a very different mindset. I mean, only a few people are at that level to be Mm -hmm. that famous where you're almost bigger than your music. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Well, moving on, how Mitski became a streaming sensation by doing nothing for two years. That's... Something that I feel like I want to be a streaming sensation after doing nothing. Don't For you? For two years. For two years. You just very wake specific. Up one day, hey, this song's doing real well. <laughs> so, although Mitski has been actively growing her music brand since 2012, her very recent rise into popular culture has been abrupt, and it's all due to one simple thing the music. At least that's what John Combs from Secretly Group A&R says about her connection to audiences all over the web. Quote, it really does come down to Mitski's songwriting and her song craft and her recording abilities. I know that it's pretty obvious, but while it's obvious, it's, it's also relatively rare. She's creating songs that people connect with so deeply that they want to listen to them back and back again multiple times a day. I don't think you should take that for granted. And this isn't to say that Mitski hasn't done any marketing or promotional work in order to spur her growth. The only difference is that she's taken leave from the public world for at least two years since ending her tour um, uh, with her 2018 uh, okay. record that came out. Uh, but shockingly, these uh, shockingly these have been the highest earning years for the artist in terms of streaming numbers. So let me break down why this is the case. First, Mitski has an extensive catalog for fans to choose from, and many fans have moved to TikTok during the pandemic. Yep. A site previously foreign to indie fans, or really even music fans alike, even when it was once called uh, Musically, as we like to remember. It used to be acting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, rest in peace, Musically. But as Billboard points out, quote, it's not uncommon in the 2020s for rising stars to have songs break out on TikTok. Sometimes they're variety. Virality corresponds with dances or memes. 
The one connected to Mitski was the, quote, runaway trend in which people are running away from their relationship problems. However, as Billboard continues, Mitski's prominence isn't linked to one track, but her whole discography, which is five albums in total. As creators are not just using the memes, but talking about how her art talking about her artistry on the platform as well. She has hashtags like the hashtag Mitski is like millions and millions of posts with it. People are using like I've heard like at least five or six Mitski songs on different trends and stuff like that on TikTok. So that's very, very rare in the TikTok space, especially when you're competing with so much other music. But it's, quote, it's still relatively small numbers when you look in the pop space for TikTok, but the streaming conversion has been exceptional at every point in time, end quote, uh, according to Secretly Group Digital Media Marketing Director Stephen Pardo. So he says, from the people that do find her on TikTok, we tend to see really high rate of streams per listener. I think it was July or August of 2020, our marketing director at the time and I were chatting and we noticed the small uptick in Mitski streams, says Stephen Pardo. Um, And it was kind of before indie music had really started to catch on to TikTok or anywhere else. What came to follow for basically 10 months unabated was constant, almost exponential growth of streaming numbers. It went from being a few thousand a day, which is noticeable at the time, up until we had songs peaking over 700,000 streams a day, which is, hold on, crazy numbers for an artist, especially an indie artist. I don't think we'd seen anything like that happen before. Another idea that Billboard entertains is that the lyricism seems to be amplified on the platform since there is a time limit per video and focuses uh, forces the creators to curate parts of the song, allowing artists with particularly strong lyricism to really flourish on, on the app. So, quote, it feels larger than a viral moment as interest in Mitski overall has grown over the past few years. We often see tracks blow up overnight, but in this case, it feels like Mitski is a as a fully formed artist is blowing up, says John Stein, head of U.S. and and Canada editorial at Spotify. So what does this mean for artists looking to be successful? Well, simply put, making good music, even if you aren't necessarily getting immense attention at the beginning, will set you up to become more successful in the future. And be professional and truthful with your art, and it will most likely pay off at some point. But namaste. Colin, uh, yeah, no, namaste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Um, but Colin, uh, after that little prayer we had, uh, what do, what's kind of your thoughts on on her There's career? There's like a couple things I can take away from this, but especially, I mean, this is at its simplest. What it's organic and grassroots growth. Yeah, this that's Which what it's it is. like. What you want, right? For an artist, you this want, is like the gold standard yeah i you don't want to have to force it you don't want to have to you know spend money to direct it mm-hmm. and so i'm sure that there probably is i mean if she has this team and everything like that i'm sure they're helping with it but the idea is that it seems like tiktok specifically has done so well in making organic growth possible for a lot of people yeah now i definitely think for her it is you know doing it like tenfold which is that it's causing people to go in the spider web of like oh i like the which is the running away song that you mentioned nobody 
like, I like that song. I like this song I'm listening to. Let's go look at some other songs mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, oh, hey, this song, you know, obviously because it's by the same artists and maybe it was around the same period. It's kind of similar and it's also good. And so I, I think it's interesting, especially to see and really have some fine examples being like, look at TikTok actually make organic organic growth here. Yeah. And have a platform that has music in the forefront as opposed to other platforms that seem like a, Hey, this is like kind of out of character for the social media. Will you listen to the song please? Mm-hmm. Cause that's how Facebook is. It's how like, Instagram please listen is. to the song. Yeah. You want to listen to my song? Look at this video or whatever. Yeah. Well, obviously reels is the thing now, but like it's more of, you know, before Instagram was like, Oh, by the way, here's a video of me playing a song and I'm only looking for photos. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. Twitter is also the same way. You want to click a link? You know what I mean? You want to click this clip? Yeah, it's a little weird. But TikTok is designed to put the audio specifically at the forefront a lot of the time, even though they do make an effort to have the text and all that stuff. It's still has it's to still be connected. Yeah, it's still like connected to it. Right. And the the culture of TikTok is very much based on audio too. I mean, it's you can scroll TikTok silently, but you kind of lose the effect a mm-hmm. lot of the time. So like I, I can't do that half the time i've done Even it with before but it's captions. like kind of weird and like it just feels empty yeah it, it, you're losing part of the appeal of tiktok in my opinion so that's why this is such a great platform for you know entertainers and people like that now i will say there are like are some things in here that i think are interestingly worded like uh billboard talking about that the lyricism is like amplifying the platform which it is but it's a specific type of lyricism it's not like, you know, if you listen to a person who's like a songwriter who long form makes songs and it's like this thing idea develops and it gets bigger and bigger, that's probably not going to do as well on TikTok as opposed to people who are really good at writing hooks. Mm-hmm. That's what I think does really well on TikTok specifically in terms of lyricism because that's what people are looking for, especially like we were talking about that Mitski Nobody song where it's literally supposed to be like, oh, look, I made a meme out of this and it has to go with the music. You can't do that with like very lyrically intense songs that are like, okay, this idea of this love story goes over four minutes or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like that's why I wanted well, to put asterisk on that. you know, obviously s- s- very specific songs are going to be harder to relate to audiences just in general. So like if it's a specific love story song, well, I it's going to be harder for the listener to like relate. What entirely I'm saying to that. is like the idea is that if you're looking for the idea of lyricism, then that's a little bit broader than being really good at hooks because there it's part of it. But like, you know, in terms of there are people who are really good lyricists who are not very good at writing hooks, but they're very good at writing you know, songs that kind of have more of a story the entire time and it kind of develops over time as opposed to people who are just like really good at writing hooks and making those together. I think TikTok does well with that kind of song. Yeah, I, I guess. I think just lyricism in general is is like he's it's objective, right? Right, of, of course. like what you consider is strong lyricism. I consider strong lyricism to be able to allow the audience member to take themselves out of the situation and really dive into the song. Right. So if that means writing a good hook, a catchy hook, even if it is kind of like done before necessarily, you know what I mean? Like 
or like a standard way of wording. Mm-hmm. I do think that's good lyricism because it provides a lot of context to the oh, song and the listener. I should clarify. I don't. Th- I don't think it's bad lyricism at all. I think it's a like a different form. Like there's different lyricists yeah. that have different yeah. sorts of strengths. Well, yeah. I, I mean, and then too, like I just think songs in general. Most people, their favorite parts of songs are hooks and choruses, right? And it, those are going to be innately the ones that people pick. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is like, but that's kind of why I I think obviously you're right. People look for the hooks in songs, but what I'm saying is that I couldn't put on a song that tells like a really good lyric story over like four minutes on TikTok, you know, two or three minutes. Well, they added three minutes now. Right. But like, that's not what the viral (laughs) TikToks are. You know, most viral TikToks are three minutes is the thing. So, yeah, it's got to be a really hooky TikTok. Unless you're on the to, really story-driven TikTok, which have which kind of uh, yeah, I've, I'm I'm there right so, <laughs> at this point. Anyway, yeah, that was one thing I noticed. I definitely think again, this is this is grassroots at its finest, and I also think it speaks well to the digital age that we live in. Is that this couldn't exist pre-digital streaming? Yeah, the idea that someone could find your music again can happen like pre-digital streaming, but it would be insanely difficult. It would literally have to be someone found your CD. Well, now you can just click the, the radio, link. You know, like did all the... Yeah. So the idea is that the archival is insane now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in the past, if it wasn't on the store shelf most of the time, it's gone from all of music in general. Mm-hmm. But now because of streaming, we have this archival music, which is great for music history, I will add, and great for this kind of thing where you're removing a factor from previous time that would have basically caused this to be impossible or exceedingly difficult to mm-hmm. have a grassroots thing. I mean, it's happened before in the like 70s and 80s when, you know, a person isn't appreciated in their time. And then like 10 years later, it's like, oh, all these people like it but it was more difficult in that factor for the general public to have that because it, you know, required monetarily, obviously like $10 for a CD versus $10. Yeah. You had to really invest in the artist. Yeah, exactly. Before you even listen to them. That's why, that's why I think this is, you know, very new age in terms of what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And, And like, this could not happen before because we didn't have this technology, so prevalent in the public of archival, which streaming allows. I mean, it's insane to think about. I mean, you would have spent, had to spend, you know, hundreds of dollars to get the amount of archival of music that people listen to. They're like, I want to listen to this song. Guess what? It would have been 20 bucks, you know, mm-hmm. to buy the CD. So like, it, it's great. And I love it. And I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for her. I think she's a great songwriter. And, uh, I definitely think that she, you know, it, it's going to be a point where, I'm curious what she does next. I'm curious if she wants to come back into it and everything. She, she's coming back. She she dropped a single, so okay, she's good. done with her hiatus now. Um, I actually don't. I tried to look up why. I think maybe it had something to do with uh, her family, like oh, wanting I mean, to yeah, spend time with her family or something. Yeah, but that's extremely. You know, the the problem with this though is. Also, I mean, it is good. I'm glad. I mean, she's clearly making some money off of this. I, or at least I hope, depending on. Oh, she's making are. money. So she is up for possible like Grammy stuff. But I, I thing, feel like in the this thing next that's release scary cycle. with this is that 
she's got to hit the ground running and she might have not expected to. And that's a lot of stress. Yeah, they actually alluded to that of like the the lead up and like how do you come back from from this, right? Like of of having this expectation that people have. Right, this is like but, a thing in a movie. Yeah, but the thing is, it seems like her in particular as an artist, she seems to be very much uh, where, where it is ultra specific. Like a lot of her songs are ultra specific and uh, very personal. And so her kind of continuing to try to be her own, I think it's going to be the best for her in this situation. But yeah, I think any other artist, it it would be very, it seems like people want to support her even more than like that specific sound. Cause again, you have to think these records were made two years ago at the earliest. Yeah. So like, that's a different point in life. They could have different takes of music now. You know what I mean? So yeah, that that's definitely would be scary to me personally. And I think, you know, it seems that a lot of people are supporting her as opposed to just like, I only like this song this way. Mm-hmm. Like people are intrigued by her artistry, which again, it's like the best of both worlds. Like you, you literally Hannah Montana. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I threw you off for a second. <laughs> I, I just know that sometimes when you mix it all together, you just get the best of both worlds. Yeah. And TikTok. <laughs> is like the quintessential place that we've seen grassroots kind of rising like this and not having to do anything. Well, I mean, we've even seen it with our own stuff of even if you're not even going viral, but if you're just posting, it's to people who have never seen your your page before sometimes or your videos before. And ultimately, isn't that what you want? With like advertising or marketing, right? Yeah, you, you might want not get, to get them all. New artists, right? Or you, new or new people, right? So, you might not get them all, but you're trying to get as many eyes on it as you possibly can to get you know more than you would. You yeah. know what I mean? If, Which I will say, uh, have you seen the the like the the sponsored TikToks where like someone like a user sponsored TikTok? Yes, and they can be so They're cringy. so sad. <laughs> it depends on what they are. <laughs> They're some so them, sad. Some and of them I've seen, and it, that's what I think is funny, is it kind of goes against everything I just said, where it's like, you are forcing it. You are trying. And like, I've never seen, or at least maybe I'm too early. I don't know how that works when you get the sponsored tag. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it like disappears after a while, but I've never seen like a viral TikTok sponsored. I've never. No, I mean, I've seen brands that have high numbers, but also they're kind of suspect, you know? Right. they're bigger brands. They're bigger brands. Like, they might have the financials to do it. might even have a following already. Right. Or people just support the brand regardless of whatever. Like, you know. Yeah, Prada needs my help. I'm going to like, like their I can't post. believe fucking Wendy's <laughs> has a TikTok and is making jokes. Hey, can I go the on Wendy's a real Baconator. <laughs> I They said this on another podcast that we listened to, but like, there is no intern running those companies. I hope the God you people know this. Oh yeah. No, no, there's no. these people that are like, wow, the Wendy's intern is popping up. The Duolingo the, intern. Yeah, that that is not an about. intern, dude. That, that is a marketing I, strategy. I'm waiting for that to turn. I'm waiting for people to start getting real. I feel it coming is people are going to start getting sus when these companies try to be like really like on it and be like, look at our intern, Doug. And I can't wait for people to turn and be like, that guy's been working there for 10 
10 years. Stop lying in my face. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, I think also, too, when it does turn with every new social media, because every new social media platform has, has this, point. they have this like, oh, our interns are running it. Isn't this so grassroots of us? But then like someone tweets out something or someone posts something crazy. Mm-hmm. And then like they're like, oh, yeah, actually, this was the guy who's been working here for 20 years. Right, that. exactly. <laughs> this was calculated. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, yeah. it was calculated. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. But Colin, what do we got up next year? I see Nas. Okay, let's talk about this. It kind of goes the other way with what we were talking about, where it's kind of related to TikTok, where the power of putting audio with a visual medium, basically. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, you played a free game, quote unquote, a free game on your phone before, and you know how those developers make their money because it's in your face every four seconds. Yeah, I play ads. I play Farmville. Right. Exclusively. <laughs> Exclusively. Zuck is getting my money. <laughs> the Zuck is getting my money every day. I am funding the metaverse <laughs> by myself. Anyway. I got to like, harvest my crops. <laughs> when you do, when you have a, you know, a free game like that on your phone, 90% of these people are going to use ads to make their money. So it's going to pop up in your face. Hey, to go to the next level, you got to watch this ad for a second. Then you go whatever. Well, that has been kind of the norm 
for these ads for a long time. It's mm-hmm. just like, come up in your face, go away. Well, now <laughs> people are trying out a kind of different way of doing it, but it's kind of old in spirit, which is doing audio-only ads in those games. So what? it doesn't interrupt the game. No. So Yes, it does. Audio Mob... You're telling me if if I was playing Farmville and I'm harvest, harvesting my crops and then it's like, Wendy's Baconator is up now. This week, you can get it for $4.99. So I do agree with that. <laughs> let, me, let me get to why, because it's specifically with music. So Audio Mob, a fast-growing UK headquarter company specializing in game audio advertising that's previously worked on campaigns for artists like Justin Bieber and Joel Corey, is setting the stage for these types of advertisements to grow. The most successful one they've done so far, which they just did was for Nas's new album, King's disease Two, where they use the non-intrusive audio only ads and mobile games to promote the album quote, without interfering with the gameplay experience. According to audio mob, the ads for King's disease Two secured click through rates that were 1,275% higher than the typical return seen from traditional video uh, visual in-game banners. Wow. So literally thousands of percent more people are like clicking through to these links. Mm-hmm. Is that because the link is in a sketchy spot though? So like it's like as soon as you try to tap on your gun or whatever. Well, here's the thing. It doesn't. It do, Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Like you just, it pops oh, up like, and here's Nas. <laughs> just chilling maybe i haven't seen apparently they say it's non-intrusive but also this is the company trying to make you buy more ads for it yeah so audio mod like specifically blames that and said which is funny they're basically like consumers hate the full pop-up stop gameplay ads and i'm like thanks for stating the obvious we got that one nobody (laughs) likes those and that's why they say their ads are so much more effective According to a recent study, 75% of consumers prefer to have audio ads within games as opposed to video and banner ads that pause gameplay, which I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But also it's like you can mute it between right? two ads. If it was like, we're going to stop everything, there's video and audio, mm-hmm. or you just have audio and you play the game and you have to have an ad. Yeah. You're I'm going to pick the o- yeah. audio. So one. like, that's why I had a beef with that study. Uh, Christian Facey, an ex-Facebook exec, and Wilfred Abing, an ex-Google exec, are basically the heads of the company, and they talk to music business worldwide about it. And they said these ads were placed across, quote, thousands of games from Sudoku and Wordscapes to some of the most popular racing games in the world and targeted mobile gamers based on their music tastes. So we hit consumers who were more likely to be engaged with Nas's music and click through that sweet, sweet metadata, baby. <laughs> like I always talk about, which is what Facey said. He didn't say the metadata part. I did. Anyway, <laughs> Abing puts a strong point as well. He also says we, quote, also provide the largest pool of audio spots on the planet, larger than Spotify within the most sought after medium gaming, Hmm. which I thought was a pretty goddamn good point. Yeah. (laughs) Like, um, so let's talk about this. Like I, I, first off, I think you pointed out a lot of things that I saw that were kind of sus from the beginning, Mm -hmm. which was that, First, I talked about that study, which is like, of course, if you're going to have an ad, you're, you want a less intrusive ad. So 75% of people are going to do it. Second, you can mute it. 
There's nothing like it's not like your phone. That would be wild. They force your phone at full. You're just sitting on. You the lock bus. it. It's still playing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, hey everybody, I'm Nas. Check out King's Disease too. You know, like, and you're just on the bus. And you're and just you're sitting like, there. You're like, I didn't realize there was a King's Disease can, one. Can you imagine if there's like some kid and like he just like finished his calculus tests or whatever, and he's like sitting in his class and he's like secretly on his phone and it's like. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's not <laughs> yeah. now. Oh my god. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, like that—that's obviously the other thing. But I do think this is a very smart idea in general um, to go this route because everyone's sick of it. Yeah. Nobody wants those fucking video ads. No one. And they look shitty too. I just want to point out they shoddy, always look bad. They're so cheap. Videos. So, like, that's the other thing is I feel like it's just not good on that front. But like the audio wise, I mean, if you're playing a produced album, mm-hmm. it's going to sound good. And then if you just put like a little, if you like this, listen to King Disease too. I mean, if it's not that intrusive, here's the thing. I will put an asterisk on this. If it's some giant fucking thing and like, you know, somebody comes on and it's like, I don't know why this came into my head. It's like, hey, this is Gene Simmons from Kiss. <laughs> You're about to listen to the new Kiss song. You can check it out on our new website, kiss.com. You know they had to do that like 50 times because Gene just couldn't, right. couldn't, couldn't connect so, like, with the that's mic. That's what I'm saying. It's like, like, if it's like that, then like, okay, it's still better than a video ad. But at the same time, it's like you're getting into that's a bad ad. Yeah. So like if you, you know, the rules of advertising still apply. It's not so magical that like, oh, it's a thousand percent higher because, you know, people just enjoy people talking to you through your phone. No. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think this is a really interesting route. I think we could talk about like how one, the ability to tie music to video games is huge. I think it's severely underdeveloped and not talked about enough. And you know, it's honestly one of the, I, I would, it, this is a bold statement. I would put it up there with like the sampling debate of our time back when sampling first started and all these fucking people were like, no, fuck that. It's stupid. It doesn't do anything for me when sampling. What, sampling? Yeah. That oh, was a yeah. huge debate in the early nineties where all these older bands were like, I hate this. I don't want these kids in there, you know, and a lot of it was racist and uh, (laughs) like basically, yeah, that's what they kept doing over and over. But I think video games are severely underdeveloped in that way Mm -hmm. of having music attached to them. That is commercial music that, you know, sometimes it's not just the score of the game. And I think that it's a huge market that could be there because at the end of the day, it hits the same vein that, I really would stress to people is that people trying to get you to their live show. It's in the same vein. It's experiential. You are experiencing music at the same time as something else is going on. You are getting a good feeling from hopefully the game. Again, you also have to partner with a good game, but like, I swear to God though, if like DJ Khaled comes, it's like DJ Khaled. And it's like, I, I'm just not in the mood. Yeah, and you know, obviously, we've seen from consumers that everybody's sick of ads. They don't want to see ads that are intrusive at all. Yeah, and they don't want to see things that are blatant ads anymore. You mm-hmm. know, so if they you want just, organic, yeah, if you could just play music with your game and it was like on, and you know, you're like, hey, what's that music? And they even brought up in this article about the GT or the GTA Five radio. Mm-hmm. And how that was like the holy grail of video game songs. 
Cause it is. Cause it's yeah. such a huge deal. It's a multi-million. They, they made that game seven fucking times. I think, um, GTA five. Yeah. There's yeah. like seven different versions. Yeah. It's 10 years ago. Right. So like, I think today, 10 years ago today, so that's I think what I'm they saying. The it's like, they're right about that. Is that, and I think this can go into a whole different tangent too. We could even talk about like what we've talked about a lot, which is streamers. I mm-hmm. have no idea why the music industry is like, fuck that. I don't want to be, you know, and I'm like, but you're willing to go on good morning America and be associated with like some random fucking person on the front there. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm like, same difference. I get that they're not a whole corporation, but like, this is the more popular medium that the younger kids like, mm-hmm. you know, and clearly it's working for Nas, you know? like Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know what my uh, audio only ad would be. Maybe it would just be some, uh, just me breathing it would just be uh, like, what is it? EMDR? Not EMDR. That's therapy. ASMR. <laughs> EMDR. A- ASMR. Yes. <sighs> okay. Now breathe and just listen to the, do- to the dots. And now, okay. That was very triggering to some of you. And I apologize. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Well, Colin, uh, I guess we'll close out the show. Uh, what have you been listening to? Okay, I've been listening to a, 
a pretty wide variety of things. Um, I, As you do every we, week. We've talked. Yeah, I should just stop saying that. Uh, I still see Grimes on there. This was from That's, last week. Okay, okay. This is what YouTube Music and me and the 50 million other accounts that I that own you have. think <laughs> I listen to. Um, so, yeah, I was listening to... Um, Let's see, Oliver Tree I was listening to. He's kind of big on TikTok. He does mm-hmm. that uh, Life Goes On and On and On song. You may know him because he's got like the bowl cut and the big like neon clothes on. Mm-hmm. I like that. So I, re- I really like uh, the internet song he does with. Uh, wow, th- I'm surprised you like Oliver Tree. I'm not going to lie. I like, a, I, you know, I like, you know, I like eccentric artists and yeah. stuff. And I feel like he's not, he doesn't seem show offish. He's just like, I'm weird, whatever. Like, deal with it. Yeah. Like, and that's I mean, what I like about him. Did you see that Anthony Fantano freak out thing? I think it was faked. No. I but it was, it's it. really funny. You should look it up. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I do like him. But mainly I've been listening. I was listening to the new War on Drugs album um, that came out. Oh, yeah. Did that drop? I, I only it listened to the single. It did drop. First off, it, it is very... It, it's pretty good. I, I will say it is very much like... Did you like a deeper understanding? <laughs> well, here's, here's deeper understanding too. Yeah, like, here's twelve <laughs> more songs, which is not bad. Honestly, that album, good because I love Mo's record. Right, that album won a Grammy for rock, you know, and all and that kind of got stuff. him to play stadiums at that point. Right, and so like it, it clearly works. I just feel like you know, I personally like when I was listening to it, I was like, okay, it's this again. That's fine, but I. You know, I'm like, I'm kind of like, you're on my last, last straw here. If we get another, you know, this album again, yeah, I, I'm going to get tired of it. Yeah, Colin's coming me. after you. Yeah, you know? exactly. But like, it's very good. If you've never listened to War on Drugs, it's super vibey. He's basically like, I was listening. Okay, here's my hot, here's my hot take that Joe will probably laugh at. There's a song on here that I was listening to. I think it's the main song. I think it's uh, I Don't Live Here Anymore. Mm-hmm. It's Tears for Fears, but Bob Dylan sings the lyrics. <laughs> That's awesome. I want that. That's what it is. And so, like, yeah, you know, maybe some War on Drugs fans are going to get mad at me. But it's like, that's kind of the vibe of it, is it's, like, very rock-heavy and uh, very, like, singer-songwriting. And it's got, like, a lot of... It's just layered with effects and everything. They do, like... The, the thing I will give, if you're going to criticize it, is, like, it is kind of like, okay, this again, you know, it's like open space, really big fuzz guitar, then just jamming at the end. And then these notes that go like, bing, 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 you know, like just all in the background while you're just sitting there. But like, it's very one note. I will give it that, but it's the best of that goddamn note. They are playing that shit to the end. Nice. Um, And then the other thing I was going to say with that is the guy who mixes it is a fucking genius. That Sean Everett guy. Oh, he's great. Yeah. He is honestly one of the best mix engineers I've ever heard in my goddamn life. That's the thing that you should take away from it. Usually with engineering and producing, it's like you want to elevate the song. It seems like he's so good at mixing and producing. He, the song is elevating the mixing. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's that good. Um, but yeah, I was listening to it with good headphones and I was like, God, fuck. He good. also did Perfume Genius, right? Like I think so, a couple, yeah. a couple, their records and, uh, he's basically the go-to indie rock, uh, mix engineer. Yeah. I, I believe. Um, God, his roster is insane. Yeah. It's crazy. I Jim mean, James is on there. Yeah. It's all Kurt the Vile, suspects. Killers, Claria, Orville Clara, Brittany um, Howard, man, he's got every Beck. 
Our boy Beck. Yeah, now he's reached. Now, now he's in the upper echelon for good Beck in terms of indie stuff. Which is Weezer. Funny. He's got some Weezer he's got on some there. Weezer on there. Damn, yeah, dude. This man's going this man for it. Is is the homie? Oh, and then Pete Yorn. <laughs> oh, I love Pete Yorn. Yeah. So yeah, let's see. Uh, Joe, what do you listen to? Um, so I've been listening to. Uh, there's a there's an artist named Bickle. Uh, which Bickle. is hilarious, but he has a song that kind of blew up called Naked, I'm which is really Bickle. good. Um, but he came out with a new single, Talk Words, and that one's really good, and I've been listening to that a good amount. Um, you know, of course, listening to the Halloween uh, playlists during Halloween. Um, Colin, what were you on Halloween? I was two things. I was uh, Daphne from Scooby-Doo, which oh, yeah. a very thrown together that you didn't see that because I was at another friend's party during that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was Shiko, very, very... Uh, Shigo? Yeah. Shigo? Shigo yeah. from Kim Possible. Halloween was very thrown together nice. this year for nice. me. Love it. I was uh, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, and then I was... Uh, Kanye from Kim and Kanye at the Met Gala. Yeah, but diff- so, different uh, days that we were like <laughs> very, Scooby-Doo. We were very separated. different days, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, but so I've been listening to Carol King, uh, the queen. Oh, because well. she, she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now? Uh, actually, no. I just was in a Carol King mood. Well, she recently got in there. Taylor Swift did a couple songs with her. So. Uh, oh, you, can- you know what? I think that might have triggered it because I saw a post about that. Never yeah. mind. That's the reason. That's definitely the reason why I, uh, I did that. Also listening to um, our uh, a girl, Emlyn, who I actually uh, was able to do the cover art for. And she's actually on the cover of uh, the Salt playlist on Spotify, so you can Salt. check it out. Uh, it's pretty Not dope. Angelina Jolie. Um, if you like to just send some love uh, over the cover art as well, I would love that. You know, you know, just a little little <laughs> plug in there as well. And then I love, she's one of the, my favorite songwriters of all time, Madis, Madison Cunningham, uh, the record "Who Are You Now," beautiful record, yeah, absolutely beautiful songwriting. So, oh yeah, well, did you mix the Cars two and Muppets the Green album like Sean? Did Edward he actually did? do yes, that? Yes, he's done a lot of Disney stuff, which I think is really. We got to get him on. Can you imagine in the se- can, like? Can uh, you be in a like in an interview setting with him and then bring that up? I <laughs> like he has everything else. Yeah, I really do then, like your war with the. Uh, I, I really do like your work with uh, the war on drugs and Orville Peck and Claro and everything. But uh, can you tell me? Can you like walk me through your creative process for Muppets the Green Album? <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of The Biz Tape. If you want to help us out, just go ahead and hit that download button. Or you can follow us and get updates on what we're doing every week. Um, Also, we have social media. I know it's kind of weird for a podcast to have social media, but if you want to see what's going on, at The Biz Tape Podcast, everywhere. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. (laughs) 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.